Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Library Influencers Podcast, and today the special guest is Georgia librarian Holly Freelow. So Holly, go ahead and tell us about your background working with libraries. Um, Well, thank you for having me. Um, I am happy to be here. I am currently the supervisor of library media education for the Cobb County School District in Metro Atlanta. I supervise over 100 schools and um, library media specialists and library media paras, so we have a big district. Um, I love what I do. I love school libraries, working with school libraries, talking about school libraries, designing school libraries. Um, So that's my main gig. I also am the president of the Georgia Library Media Association, um, which is our state organization here in Georgia. Um, And I am an adjunct instructor for the University of West Georgia in school library media. Awesome. Very good. All right. So Holly, how, how long um, were you in a library before you transitioned to like the district or county level position? I, okay. I was um, a high school library media specialist for uh, over a little over five years before I transitioned into district. And before that I was a high school language arts teacher. Okay. Okay. Very good. You know, okay. All right. So um, I think I have talked to some Georgia people before, but just in general, what, what do people know, need to know about being a librarian in your state? So in the state of Georgia, to be a library media specialist in a school, you have to have a master's degree. So it's a, it's, you have to have both of those degrees. It's, you don't have to have a teaching degree. Okay. Um, but you do have to have a master's degree and typically it's in instructional technology with a focus in school library media. Okay. Well, that's, that is perfect. That's very much what our world has become. <laughs> you know, yes. Especially these last few years. All right. So Holly, back to the beginning when you were, when you remember starting out in the library, what was that like when you were um, transitioning into your first year or two in the library? Um, I think the first year or two are so exciting. They're so overwhelming. It's a lot like being a new parent, (laughs) I think, Um, you know, where you're both excited and overwhelmed. Um, I got made fun of, I think my to-do list was longer at the end of every day (laughs) than it was at the beginning, right? Because there's just so much. If you, I transitioned out of the classroom. And so if you come at library media from that angle, you know, like you had your classroom, right? You closed your door, you had your kids, you did your thing. Um, And then all of a sudden you're in a public space and everybody is there all the time. And so Mm -hmm. I think the multitasking um, when you're, when you're in those first years, that's a, that's a big learning curve. That's true. Um, true. But I, oh, I'm sorry. I just said, and realizing your job isn't done, you know? Oh yes. Yes. That list just grows, like you said. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things in my first couple of years that I definitely forced myself to do was listen, Okay. right? To listen to, you know, what worked well, what didn't work well, what did the students need? Um, I kind of sat back a little bit those first six months or so and just did a lot of listening. Um, and that worked well for me, um, you know, just to make sure that I was making the right moves. Right. Okay. Was there any kind of advice or any tips that you would love to send back in time to yourself when you were starting out? Oh, gosh. Um, I think 
um, you know, trying new things, listening to students. Now I was high school, so that, that's a particular lens, but um, so I would say, you know, just talking to kids and, and, and thinking out loud about what you're considering. So um, can I tell a story? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So this is a story. So this is, a, this is just like a snapshot of when I was a first, um, I was thinking about, you know, I was going through your slides and I was thinking of things. So this is a little bit of a snapshot. So I worked for a very large school, over 3000 students. We had a huge space. Um, I had another library media specialist that I worked with. So I was very fortunate in that regard. Um, high ceilings, very traditional space. So when I came into the role, um, and there were read posters everywhere, right? The old ALA read posters were, this is in the 2000s, right? So we're going back in time. Um, so I knew that the space did not necessarily appeal to teenagers in the way that it had potential to do so, mm -hmm. but I just didn't know exactly what that was at that time. Um, so this is a fun story. So we had, um, it was back when testing schedules were weird. And so we had a group of kids that were with us in our media center for about three hours. They had nothing to do. They were killing time. They went to another location prior to us having like all these cool pathways and stuff like that. They went to another school. So anyway, they ended up with this chunk of time. And so they, the leader approached me after about an hour, right? We had given them books. We had given them magazines, the typical things you do to kind of help fill some time. And one kid came over and approached me and said, would you mind if we practiced our break dancing in the back corner? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, right. Go, falls in that category of things that library school did not prepare you for. So I, I was like, uh, okay, I tell you what, I'll strike a deal because my administrator was in our space. She had an office oh, in the back corner. Okay. I was like, I'll strike a deal with you. If you grab a stack of books and you have them next to you, and if you see an administrator walk through, you grab a book and you sit on the floor and I'm going to tell her y'all are all doing a lit circle deal. And he's like, <laughs> deal. Okay. Right. So then you go about your business, right? It's busy. Things are happening or whatever. But the other library media specialists and I were, they would catch the, our eye, right? They were so incredibly talented. It was hard to ignore. Wow. They were just so good. The moves they were doing were so impressive. And so she and I went over there, you know, we're like just admiring what they're doing. And she turns to me and she says, she's like, it's so cool to see them break dancing in front of all these books. And I was like, this is our next read poster. That's oh. what we're doing. Yeah. So we grabbed a camera and I talked to them. I was like, hey, y'all, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I think could be cool. Are y'all willing to do this thinking as high school kids, right? They're going to be like, uh, no, we're not advertising the media center. Um, but they were so into it. They were like, yeah, we'll do that. I, and the, and the ringleader said to me, he's like, I got it. I want to be reading a book while I'm upside down on one hand. And I was like, are you kidding? Okay. So it must have taken us 20 shots. Yeah. He's sweating, okay. but we have this great read poster of him up on one hand and he's reading a book. Okay. So, um, so anyway, it was just one of those things that had I not said yes, had I not been willing to go down that path, because what happened after that is we made a poster. So we worked with our, um, we worked with our uh, technical 
drafting folks they had a poster maker yeah and so we we got a poster made and then he brought in his friends to show off his poster he was like hey look at me and then I was like maybe I need to do a contest so I took old read posters and cut their face out and was like your picture here and I did this contest and I put his poster out there and of course, what I got back were a whole bunch of breakdancing read posters, which was great, you know, but it grew into this whole movement throughout the whole school. Neat. So it just became all the students wanted one. They want it because, you know, in a, in a non-judgmental way, they're egocentric, right? That's how their brains are developing right then. So to be on a poster, even if it was advertising, you know, the media center, they were into it. And then teachers got into it and the counselors got into it and the police officer our campus police officer wanted one. So we made one for him anyway. So, and we had so much fun with it, right? We made it light and we made it, you know, just, just something that was a, a point of pride. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, it just took off. And so I say all of that probably to say like, just being open to, to new directions and listening to students and just thinking, you know, creatively about how to engage people in the program and what are their entry points. I think that's one of the key things, especially as you're first starting. Yeah. I I love that story. That is so awesome. And you're, you're right. Cause you have to have the kids there, you know, if they're not there, then then why are you there? You know, (laughs) what are, what are you doing there? So, all right. Well, tell us um, about right now, um, what, what is your part of Georgia, how are they dealing with the pandemic and what's going on with your libraries right now? Oh, goodness, yes. So like many areas, we are uh, kind of all over the place, right? You know, and then schools will open and then they'll close down and we have some schools who um, have their virtual kids and their face-to-face kids separate. Yeah. And then we have, you know, like the teachers will teach those classes and then they'll teach. And then we have some that are hybrid, like my district is currently, you know, we teach both the, the uh, in-person students and the virtual students at the same time with the same teacher. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's been very challenging, right? I'm normally a pretty positive person, but I also want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we do feel a bit of loss. Mm-hmm. We had all this, these, these visions for our programs and we had to set that aside. Yeah. Um, a lot of us have been um, super troubleshooters for technology and, and distributing devices where perhaps that wasn't um, something that we were in charge of um, prior, you know, to the pandemic. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really challenging. Um, but in true form, library media specialists always are stepping up and finding resources and making sure that students have access to the devices they need, the resources they need, all of that type of stuff. So we're still doing work in that regard, um, but it does does look different. It looks different, right? And I'm hearing more and more though that it seems like people are starting to return back to what they think of, you know, as traditional library things now. <clears throat> of course, we still, you know, have tons of tech stuff we have to do. You know, tons of troubleshooting we have to do. But more and more, they're they're able to tie back in or find ways to do the activities and things that they did, you know, beforehand. So we'll see, hoping for the best now, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen a lot of creative things, right. With uh, Uber reads and book carts on the go and all of that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, you know, virtual makerspace, you know, they're, they're, they're working hard to take the things they loved, you know, about their old programming and stuff and finding a way to do it nowadays. So anyway, yeah. All right. 
Well, I, I love talking about the influence that librarians have on their campuses. You know, they, they impact so many people in so many different ways. Um, so what, do you, what kind of influence do you see librarians having where you are? Um, I would agree with you that librarians have tremendous influence, right? There's so many phrases out there in regards to the particular type of leadership, mm -hmm. um, you know, that library media specialists have. I tend to refer to it as, you know, it's a nuanced sense of leadership. Yeah. Um, and that, and I always encourage um, library media specialists to think through that lens, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you don't necessarily gravitate to the word leader. Um, so I think in terms of influence. One of the things that I, I like to stress, and this may be a little bit, I don't know if it's out in left field or not, but studying people. Okay. Yeah. I think has really helped me in terms of influence. Okay. So I just have a, you know, a natural interest in personality studies or, you know, just figuring out where people are coming from and meeting that need. So, okay. you know, there's the instructional needs, right? Standards, curriculum, content, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then that collaboration piece that's so important for us um, and really is how we influence a whole entire school is working successfully with others. Um, if you know what people need, you can do that so well. Yeah, very good point. That's good. Um, I'm trying to remember, you know, there's all kinds of official words, you know, for leadership styles and that mm -hmm. totally drawn a blank right now, but there's one, there's one that's like, it means you're flexible, you know, the situation, yeah. situational leadership, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where, and I think librarians are really good at that, you know, because we were used to working with all these different groups and having to take care of all these different, you know, situations that just arise on the spot. And, and I think we're really good at um, being situational leaders where we respond um, to what's going on around us. So that right. is a great, that's a great way to put it because I'm like, if you know, if I know that one person that comes in, they want me to be brief. Yeah. Right. They want, you know, they, they, they need the nuggets and they want to go. Yeah. And I know another person needs five minutes of chit chat, yeah. right. Invest yeah. in them, you know, so the more that you can read people, I think the better you can grow mm -hmm. your influence. Um, I have another story if you want me to tell it, but I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> well, they're, great. They're, they're good. Um, so in, uh, in my particular district, we established what we call Library Learning Commons Certification. Okay. Um, and that grew out of a need and reading people and specifically administrators. So, you know, STEM certification was real big, real popular. It was a big draw for a lot of principals. Um, and we were just thinking about the work that we were doing and how could we tie that in? Okay. So I was working at a particular school with a library media specialist who was being honored by her principal for all of the changes that she had put into place in terms of, you know, developing her program and changing the physical space. Yeah. And at that time she was like, well, did you bring a banner? <laughs> right. Because of the STEM, you know, like they're used to getting these banners. And I was like, um, no, I did not bring a banner, <laughs> but it got us thinking. So the media specialist and I at that school started thinking, and she was a part of a teacher leader academy um, in our district. And we used that opportunity to develop a whole certification in our district. And so we're able to support that. And that is something that had tremendous influence with administrators that got us on their radar because yeah. the banner is awarded to the school. I shouldn't say the banner, the banner is given to the school, but the certification is awarded to the school 
And so it's a whole school process and involvement. And so it was a way for us to have influence with administrators. So again, it just kind of goes back to thinking about, you know, like listening to what people want, listening to what their needs are, and then figuring, and it has been a tremendous success, unfortunately halted by the pandemic um, because so much is focused on collaboration with how we um, created that certification. But um, it, it was such a tremendous, powerful opportunity with administrators to talk about the impact of our programs and what we're doing um, for students. I love that, Holly. That's awesome. All right. So when you think about, but let's just pretend next fall, and we're going to assume we're back face to face. Is there any new kind of thing that you're kind of dreaming of working on? Well, I am mostly dreaming on getting back to those things. <laughs> uh, getting back to the our library learning common certification, we focus on three elements. It's um, resources, services, and intentional spaces. Okay. So those three things are really what makes up um, that certification. And so that's what I'm focused on really working on is, you know, marrying those three things, supporting schools, um, with those three things and, um, and just helping transition back from pandemic operations, um, back to, you know, getting back to the visions that we have for our programs. Just out of curiosity, in case that's catching people's attention, you know, what you're talking about, have you written any articles about that? Or is it on a webpage somewhere where they could read more about it? We do have it on our website, cobblibrarymedia.com, okay. um, which I've, I added into the resources. Okay. Um, and we put everything out there. It's, it's kind of open source. You can see what we're doing. I'd love to be able to take it statewide in Georgia, yeah. um, at least. But we, um, you know, we batted it around with Georgia Library Media Association. We just kind of lack capacity to support it. Right. Um, but it is a great way to think about your program, even if you're, you know, not in that certification process or if other districts are interested in doing something like that, I'd be happy to, to help and talk about how we, um, we did it in our district. Okay. All right. Well, you've talked a lot about librarians really stepping up their, their role, you know, as leaders. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, um, leadership and how you see that with the role that we play. Um, so I, uh, the, the main thing to me in terms of thinking about leadership from a library media specialist perspective is number one, how you define it, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times if you say leadership to a library media specialist, they're like, um, no, that's other people in the building. They have titles and paychecks associated with that. And, um, you know, they have that kind of natural authority or they stand up in front of the whole school and talk. But to me, our leadership is very different, right? Mm-hmm. We're one of the only people in the building that teach students, teach teachers, we interact with all of them in that instructional capacity. Um, And so that's what I encourage folks is to think about your work through that lens and don't disregard or discount yourself as a leader. Because if it's a school goal, you know, that has something to do with technology or something to do with literacy, you're a key player in that movement and moving a whole school from one place to another, a phrase I use often, and I encourage people to adopt it because it's worked so well for me with administrators is we're trying to move everybody in our school, you know, from being tech savvy Mm -hmm. to being tech literate, right? Tech savvy are the kids that can, they can do stuff on their phone super fast. They can make all kinds of videos and everybody looks great and all kinds of things, but do they know 
you know, how to evaluate quality resources. They do, do they know the difference between the paid web and the free web? Do, you know, all of those types of things that are associated with practice, just like with sports, right? You got to practice your sport. You got to practice your research and your curation. Um, so think about the impact you have. If you're teaching those kids, if you're moving them from tech savvy to tech literate, or you're working on literacy goals, um, you know, you're doing leadership work. You just have to think about it through that lens. And I think that elevates, right, how you think about your work yeah. um, and moves it from being in your mind, perhaps just a support role to really impacting the entire school and thinking about it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, about um, like committees, you know, people want to get on committees. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, librarians are not even thought about, you know, to add to different committees. But um, one, one thing I used to teach people a lot was to, to learn to speak the language, you know, of the administrator or the, you know, whatever team, because when you can speak that language and they're recognizing that what you're doing is supporting, you know, what, what they're trying to do, then they start, I think they start to see you in a different way, you know, that, oh, you are, you know, an instructional partner, oh, you are, you will be able to help out, you know, with this. And um, I've seen where that can kind of lead to you shifting into roles where they you get invited to committees you know you get invited you know, to different planning events and things like that but that's awesome absolutely I would 100% agree with that in fact when we redid our standards for evaluation you know standard four for us is instructional leadership mm-hmm. um, you know and and we're talking about yes speak that language what's keeping your administrators up at night, you know, like what are the school goals so that you can speak to how your library media program is supporting those. Um, So yeah, I definitely agree that serving on those committees and being seen in different lights, um, like your areas of expertise and the fact that you straddle, right? You're kind of in that admin world and you're definitely in that, you know, instructional and talking to the teachers and, um, and still teaching the students. So you have such perspective um, that can be advantageous as well. Yeah, another thing I try to tell um, early career librarians is, you know, I can remember sitting in the library in the early times and they would come use my library for meetings, you know, after school or whatever. Uh-huh. Go, don't worry, you don't need to come. You know, this is not for you. You know, in the first couple of years, I was like, yes, because then I, you know, loved books <laughs> right. or, you know, did what yep. I needed to figure out how to do. But, you know, I, I try to encourage them that, no, you need to be there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You need yes. to be there, even if you're just listening, um, mm-hmm. because you're going to pick up on all kinds of things that you're going to be able to step in and support and, and do all kinds of awesome things. So make sure you're at the meetings, you know, get. <laughs> yes. And don't feel like, you know, like initially you have to contribute. I agree with that. Right. Like maybe for a couple of meetings, you're just listening. So to, you know, to tune your ear to admin talk and all of that kind of stuff. And you can take it and think, because sometimes people feel like if they attend a meeting, that they have to speak right. and you do want to eventually, eventually yeah. like give your, give yourself a little bit of time. That does make me think too about um, um, like what we allocate time for, you know, like you say, and like, Oh good. I don't have to do that. I got my to-do list is already a million miles long. Mm-hmm. Um, but reflection mm-hmm. I think is a, a thing that is very difficult to come by in those first few years where you're, you know, putting out fires and you're, you know, dealing with all the things. Um, But if you can put it on your calendar, this is what I encourage some of my folks to do, like put it on your calendar on a Friday afternoon. For me, that's what it was because that was the only time that my space was quiet Um, on a Friday afternoon, once a month or twice a month, if you can, and just take 30 minutes to reflect 
um, you know, and think about what's going well, where you want to go, like those types of things, those bigger things that we oftentimes just can't find the time for. Mm-hmm. If I put it on my calendar, I, I would at least try, yeah. um, you know, to have that reflection okay. time. A really good tip. So, so do you have any other like, kind of suggestions or tips for the, the early career people if they're really wanting to start to grow in this area? Um, I would say, um, join your state organization, Mm -hmm. join a group, um, you know, find those people in addition to, you know, a lot of times we talk about like, we learn so much through Twitter or we learn so much, you know, there's so many ways to learn, Mm -hmm. um, about library media these days, but I would say, find your people, um, you know, you start with your state organization or, you know, your district, um, people have different comfort levels, you know, it might be more comforting to work with somebody clear across the state, (laughs) you know, while you're brainstorming things and trying new things. Um, But I would say, you know, uh, do the work to try and find partners and groups. It makes such a tremendous difference, I think, um, to have people to support you. Most definitely. All right. So Holly, as as you're um, continuing in your career path right now, um, what kind of things do you do that keep you growing and learning? Um, probably the same, um, getting involved in a state organization, mm-hmm. um, being able to learn from people near and far. Yeah. Um, because I think it's so interesting to hear different practices, like in different states. Um, so, and then, um, putting job alike conversations on your calendar. So for me as a supervisor, that's a little bit of an unusual, um, role. There's not always tons of us out there, but I have partners that, um, that we try and talk once a month, once every six weeks, um, just to have that opportunity to say, okay, how are you handling this? Or what are you doing about this? Um, that is a, that's a good way for me to learn and grow is to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think another way, or maybe a piece of advice is to curate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you're finding Twitter overwhelming one particular month, that's okay. You yeah. know, like let Twitter go. I'm a big fan of systems and timeframes, right? Like I need a Facebook break for a month. And if at the end of that month, I want to get back on Facebook or get back on Twitter, then I will, you know? And so sometimes I think putting timeframes on things can help people try it for, you know, four weeks or six weeks or something like that, but curating effectively so that you don't get overwhelmed and burnout. I think that is, um, that is a key. Good points. All right. Well, Holly, thanks so much for talking with us all today. Um, so in case any of the listeners want to connect with you, um, we'll share your contact information in the show notes, but would you go ahead and just tell us um, just in general, where can people find you online? Yes. Um, so on Twitter, I am at Holly Freelo. Um, And also our state organization is at GLMA. Um, Those are two main ways on Twitter. Um, And then we have a website, glma-inc.org. And then the website for my district is cobblibrarymedia.com. All right. Well, thanks again. It's been great talking to you. Have a great day. And I look forward to following you and learning more from you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for having me.